Are we live at Gross Anatomy? We're live at Gross Anatomy. We are? Yes. Okay, so welcome to Gross Anatomy. Hi. Hi. I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. I'm joined by, joined with or joined by? What sounds better? Joined by. Joined by. Lauren Taylor. Yes, and um, here we are. We discuss the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it relates to um, pop culture, media, TV, movies, and all that good stuff. And today's topic, I have no idea what today's topic is. What is today's topic? I know we just had the Oscars this week. Does that have anything to do with our topic or we're not doing really? doing medical technology and advancement episode. So we're doing medical technology and advancement episode. So it's I don't all think... going to make sense. Sorry? It's all going to make sense. It will make some started. sense? Fabulous. Okay. Can you answer a question first? I would love to answer a question. We, have a, we actually have a real question from a person? Yes, this is a question. Okay. What does, when it comes to diseases rare mean and what does common mean like how rare is rare is what they want to know huh how rare is rare and how common is common um well common is easy you know common are the things we see every day from the cold and appendicitis and gallbladder disease that's common rare um is a huge range of stuff rare is anything from um someone having their organs reversed and they have some disease process related to it. Um, rare is uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. That's an interesting question. I don't, I'm not even prepared for it totally. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, rare, there's like bleeding diseases and, and we- weird infectious diseases and like weird parasitic illnesses that actually it's funny when I was a uh, third-year medical student back east at a county hospital. Um, I was very interested in infectious disease because I thought it was cool, and I thought as an infectious disease doctor, you get to see a lot of weird, wacky, strange, cool, funky infections and worms and parasites and all that stuff. Um, so I went and spent two and a half months in Kenya working in a mission hospital, and I saw a lot of HIV, which isn't rare, which is surprising. And then I was back at my county hospital where I worked, and I saw Ascaris, Ascaris, however you want to pronounce it, which is a weird, rare, at least rare in the U.S., parasitic worm infection that from a girl who was a, a young girl who her dad had brought her in, and they were from Bangladesh, I think. So that was kind of rare, but not necessarily in Bangladesh, but it was really rare at Kings County Hospital in East Flatbush, Brooklyn. Um, so that was rare. All right, so did you watch the Oscars, Dr. Cohen? I didn't. I did not watch the Oscars. Oh, I watched some highlights. We were actually at a wedding, at a really nice wedding at the Biltmore Hotel downtown L.A. I'd never been there. It was gorgeous. It was a place where they actually have hosted the Oscars before, so they had a lot of cool Oscar memorabilia. Was it on the rooftop? No. No, but it was really, really cool. It was gorgeous. I'd never been there. It was a really fun wedding. Interestingly, the wedding was of a former pre-med student of mine. I run this pre-med program, uh, and this kid who's now in his mid to late 20s, um, interestingly, did not go into medicine. Um, He went into his family business, which I'm not even sure what it is, some kind of something, import-export, I think. I think he's working with his dad. Uh, And it was his wedding, and it was was a great wedding. And interestingly, just as a side note, having nothing to do about anything, is in terms of this pre-health, pre-med program that I run, one of the things that we say we consider a success is that when a student realizes that he or she doesn't want to go into medicine and, and, and wants to do something else because it's a long, hard road. So um, this kid was a success. He realized medicine wasn't for him, and he's found something else. 
what would you say most of your pre-med students that you teach go into medicine? Or is it like 50-50? No. So mo- almost all go into medicine. I'd say about 90 plus percent go into medicine uh, and uh, become doctors. And of the ones that don't become doctors, still most of those go into some form of medicine, but some don't. We've had lawyers. We had this one kid who went into business. We had another kid who went into medical technology and stuff like that and the medical startup world and doesn't that lead us into today's talk that does Uh, the oscars got me thinking because uh one of the awards that was kind of a big deal was for production design which usually doesn't get a lot of attention but it was the first time a black woman won and she won for black panther Mm. and it got me to thinking about like all the props and all the things that go into movies and then i saw online that there was a list of um, gadgets from movies like that a produ- production designer would be in charge of that people wished were real. Yeah. And one of those was um, that I think is kind of cool is a neuralizer from Men in Black, which they're coming out with a new Men in Black movie right. this summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you'll see it again, but it like erases your memory. Yeah. Like a day. And uh, that's how the movie. Yeah, that's so. That's that's the gadget that most people are excited about. That came in at number six. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be good. That's kind of like we talk, didn't we talk on one of our podcasts about electric shocks to therapy? Yeah. Yeah. So to some degree, that would be electric oh, right. shock so it therapy. Exists. Kind of. Um, or lobotomy. You could do a lobotomy, but that's a little heavy. But electric shock therapy. I wonder there might be some way to make it more lasting and to shock someone. But it'd be dangerous. Yeah, this neuralizer is just like a flash of light, Mm -hmm. and it's done. Right, I I remember. Right, it Mm -hmm. kind of exists in a way. Mm -hmm. Number one was lightsaber, Star Wars. Really? That wouldn't be my number one because it's just a weapon. Yeah. What would your number one be? My number one would be what comes on in at number two on this top ten list is a time machine from Back to the Future. Mm. I don't know how that wouldn't be number one. Yeah. Or what about the you know Star Trek the transporting thing? Number nine. Oh, number nine. That's really? That's only one. number nine. That should probably be, that would be tied for number one. That would be pretty. Transporter is pretty amazing. Or even the uh, you know what's really funny about Star Trek? Star Trek. Did I say Star Wars or Star Trek? You said Star Trek. I did. Um, the you know if you watch the old Star Trek TV shows with the with the camp the, what what was it called the the phone thing which is now basically a flip phone yeah. um, that was way ahead of its time yeah. that's so cool yeah somebody designed this and then like yeah people really ended up making technology right what else um, is on the list yeah number three Iron Man suit because people want to fly I'm sure okay of course four is uh, the Med Bay from Elysium, I don't know. I think that's just like uh, basically a, a medical thing you go into and it fixes you immediately. Right. Like a, Did you see Elysium? I don't think so. That's with Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Oh, is that that one? Yes. Then right? Is that Elysium? It. Maybe. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. I think that's it. And they also had something like that in Aliens and one of the I was Aliens just thinking. too. They, yeah, she pushes a button and, it and has the her abortion. Up. Yeah, exactly. She it's got crazy. the she got the alien out of her. Yeah. That was really cool. A, yeah, that was yeah. memorable for uh-huh. sure. Yeah, so that would be helpful in your world. Um, Universal remote control from the movie Click. Click. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've often thought about that one. Dream Machine comes in at number seven from Inception, although I would be scared to go into my dreams. Yeah. Uh, Flying Cars, Blade Runner. Everyone was hoping that that would already exist by now. It's never going to happen. And then... Did you say never going to (laughs) happen? It's totally going to happen at some point. You think so? Yeah. 
For sure. I don't know. Elon Musk is trying to make cars that go underground. Right. Like little... Tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels. And they're giving him such a hard time in all these lawsuits. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If I don't know about flying cars. I'll choose to believe like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number nine, we said transporter. Number 10 is paper laptop from Mission Impossible. I don't remember. I don't think I saw Mission Impossible. I don't remember that. But, but, I, but I think that's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, they Soon. keep getting smaller anyway. Yeah. So. But I've already seen some, some like TED Talk thing with a guy with some, the ability to do it all on a piece of paper. I, I didn't totally understand what I was watching. Oh, so that's probably the most likely, Maybe. I would say, too. Um, any other gadgets from TV or movies you wish were real? I think that's a good list. Well, also from Star Trek, the the um, the diagnoser, you know, thing that, that Bones would put on and be able to see what's wrong with them and also the way to fix them up. But, yeah, that would be good. Like, automatic. Oh, the other one, and we kind of briefly talked about it in one of our podcasts, too, the cryotherapy. When we, in our cryotherapy podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about the movie with Angelina Jolie and the guy from where they're like assassins. I forget the name of it. James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie, and they sit in those cold pools, uh-huh. you know, and they heal. That, I think, that I like that. It's not really a gadget, but do you remember what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What movie is that? Uh, is it called Wanted or no? It's it might not. be, but I don't know. Have you heard about Theranos? Have you heard about The Lonesome Loser? <laughs> yes, I did. Isn't that that company... Um, that that woman founded, everybody thought she was going to be the next big thing, and it turned out it was all a hoax. Elizabeth, or not a hoax, but... Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. What you're saying, I mean, everyone wants a technology where you can immediately tell, like you're talking about from Star Trek, where mm-hmm. you can immediately tell what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. So I guess she claimed to be able to do that, like, with blood tests, that she could do it faster, better, and everyone wanted this this technology that she created. Right. Um but it ended up being a fraud. Yeah. And, like, huge companies, like Walgreens invested. Like, I think it oh, was, yeah, it was like, huge. she had, like... It was huge. Although I just did my... My wife finally convinced me to do my 20... No, she actually convinced me a long time ago, but I finally did my 23 and Me. Oh, did you, you do did. 23 and Me? Yeah, no. I finally sent it in this weekend, I think. No, I've had the family members do it, though. Yeah, my wife's done it, and... Uh, Part of me wonders if some of that's fake. You know, the whole, you're like, you know, they'll just make up and you're... I absolutely think it is because my husband did it because his parents got it for him. And either his dad isn't his dad or they just, you know, the results were weird. Because his dad's like all the Netherlands and he didn't get any of that in his... Wow. I mean, his dad, he looks like his dad. He's obviously Maybe his dad. Maybe he's not his dad. But now there's jokes Maybe about like, who's dad. my real father? Wow. It's like, it's, Strange and th- wow. but so I was looking into it more and I saw that um, twins got different results. Interesting. Maybe they're not really twins. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I had a hard time believing it too. I was like, "How could this be so accurate?" I don't think it is. Yeah. Although amazingly, one of my wife's best, 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 best friends from childhood, who had a whole interesting history, was born to a mom who had a one night stand. And so had no idea of who her dad was. And the mom never, never saw this man again. And she did, I don't know if it was 23andMe or one of the other ones. She met her dad. She's able to, I and mean, they, that's a good and it's, story, And right? it said, and it said on the paperwork, you're da-da-da-da-da-da, and this is your dad. Oh, my God. And this is your dad. 
And now she is a dad, and they look alike, and she has siblings, and they look alike. All right, so... And they're friends. A lot of it's accurate. So, I don't know a lot, but mm-hmm. it found her dad. That is amazing. And one, one of my interests is, is my dad had... My dad's dad, so my grandfather had supposedly like 10-plus siblings, give or take a few, uh, that he lost touch with. He didn't keep in touch with any of them. I may find a lot of relatives. When you just sent it? I just sent it in this past weekend. All right. On one of these podcasts, I want to hear, I want to hear you read the right, results. Right. I'm going to have people knocking on my door. <laughs> hey, Dr. Cohen. I have a rare disease. Um, all right. So this Elizabeth Holmes thing, not real. You can't test for blood that fast or do what she claimed to have done. Maybe soon. But you think it's possible in the future? Yeah. Um, what other... M- well, you kind of you work with some robots and some things that right. I mean, I could you imagine using them like back when you first started? Back when I first started, can I have imagined using robots doing robotic surgery? No. So there have been a lot of advancements, just not what she's doing. Right, right. Yeah, robotic surgery is pretty amazing. I never, yeah, when I first started training, uh, I don't, I'm not. Sh- they may have already been doing robotic surgery. It was nothing I even thought about. And then I actually trained to do robotic thyroid surgery where you don't put an incision at all in the neck so it's scarless in the neck the incision goes under the arm and that was pretty it's hard work it's much harder work than I thought it was going to be and I trained I did a couple cases and then the timing was that the company kind of said hey we're not going to support this thing and to some degree I don't mind because it was really hard but I think at some point in time that surgery might become easier the robot now is still really big and clunky Um, we just did a robotic case today Um, Explain that, though. I think people would be interested. Robotic surgery? Yeah. So basically what it is, is, it's the same surgery, minimally invasive, laparoscopic, scopes and cameras, and through the same little holes that we would normally move these instruments through these little holes, we attach the robot arms, and it's big and it's clunky, and it kind of looks, that reminds me of a little bit like in Avatar the movie. You know how in Avatar the movie, there's that, that guy, the, the military guy who is a mean guy who goes in that big iron suit oh, thing yeah. and can fight you know, with that suit? It kind of reminds me of that to some degree. So we take this clunky machine. It looks clunky, but it's really precise and precision. But we plug in these robotic arms. All I'm saying in terms of that is it's a big thing. It hasn't shrunken down yet. At some point, it'll shrink down and then it'll be gorgeous. But now it's still this big, fairly big machine. We plug in these robotic arms to the same places where we'd be controlling these instruments. And the nice thing is the robotic instruments are have like full 360 mobility, whereas the instruments we use are much more primitive. So we have these instruments attached to this robot and set up how we want it. And then we... We could do it in another room, but we stay in the same room. But theoretically, we could be in another room, possibly even in another state or another country, because they have done that remotely. But in the same room, we sit and go in front of this monitor, almost like a video game, uh, and we sit down and we control watching in 3D vision. So the vision is way better, and we do this precise, our, our bigger hand movements are fine down to these really precise movements, and we do the surgery that way. And it's really pretty cool. That is cool, but doesn't that scare you that you're not, like... 
don't you think like the robot? What if the, something goes wrong with the robot? Like yeah. you can control your hand. Well, nothing could go. It's not like the robot's going to take over. It's like okay. if I'm not moving, the robot's not moving. So the robot's not going to. The the only thing that co- could possibly happen is the robot stops or it gets locked or loses power. So if you were doing this are, from far away, it would be terrifying. Right. So that might be a little scary. But t- they wouldn't do robotic surgery from far away without still having a trained surgeon okay. at the console. So. When I'm doing robotic surgery, there's still someone scrubbed in at the robot, putting in the instruments, adjusting things, fine-tuning things. So it's not like we do the robot and we leave and we're on the monitor. There has to be always someone trained in using the robot at the, at the actual table, at the patient, to deal with things. And there are fail-safes. You know, if something shuts down, there are protocols of what to do. Okay. I'm sure there are. Yeah. And then, so the benefit of it is that you can see everything Clear. The visualization is way better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're getting these teeny tiny instruments with full mobilization rather than my big giant hand where you can't see or our regular laparoscopic instruments that aren't as finely tuned and don't move as well. So you're getting these really finely tuned, great mobility instruments with amazing 3D vision and you're allowing yourself to get into these tight little spaces where normally it'd be hard to get into and hard to see. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then where do you see, so you see like the future of medical technology just going into like becoming like smaller robots. Is that where you see it? Like, can you envision anything else that's yeah, coming Yeah, smaller out? robots and then hopefully um, maybe even uh, remote, um, what do you call it, cordless, you know, so you don't even need a robot. You could just plug in like an arm here, an arm there, and you don't need this big giant robot thing. Ideally, we can be laying down, maybe doing it virtual reality-esque, so it's even more comfortable for the surgeon. Um, What's the longest surgery that you've done, just out of curiosity? 12 to 14 hours. How do you get through something like that? With some breaks. Occasionally, my mentor, who I initially worked with, um, I wasn't involved, but has even operated on a patient for many hours. Patient's gotten sick. They've stopped the surgery, gone to the intensive care unit, kind of fixed the patient up overnight, gone back the next day to do more surgery on that person. I've seen that happen. But 12 to 14 hours is kind of the longest. You know, you start early at around 7, 8 in the morning, and you don't finish until wow. you know, late at night. But luckily, I don't, I don't do those many surgery that those kind of surgeries that much anymore. They're pretty exhausting. They're hard. But if you had to, a robot could help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any um, other advancements you want to tell our audience about? Any other things that you see coming out? Any other things, things we don't I see know about coming out? Like that I didn't I... know about the robot until I met you. Really? Uh, what else is coming out? I you know I think more and more there's going to be you know, designer medicine and designer drugs and designer chemotherapies and things like that. It's not going to be, you know, if someone has a cancer, it's not going to be, oh, you have cancer, here's a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi. It's going to be like, here's a soda with uh, a little bit of uh, um, a little cherry flavor, a little a little um, minty and a little uh, and bubbly, but not so bubbly. Yours is going to be sweet, but not so sweet. Like specific for their cancer. Specific for their cancer, but not just for their cancer, but for their genes and their genetic makeup and and their the factors the DNA related to their cancer. And that's what people are working on now. I mean that seems yeah. almost like common sense but uh, yeah, extremely difficult at the same time. Exactly. But it's coming. It's coming. That would be great. Yeah. All right, so Elizabeth Holmes is probably going to jail for her 
uh, is she going fraud. to jail? Yeah, she's. Uh, I think she's on trial for wire fraud and conspiracy charges, and the mm. case is ongoing. But there's going to be some. Um, there's going to be a movie made about her, starring really? Jennifer Lawrence. Wow. Uh, it's going to be directed by Adam McKay, supposedly. Wow. It's in the works, so uh, I think that could be cool. There's also um, a podcast about it now called The Dropout, which uh, my husband's been listening to and said it's really good. And there's an HBO uh, documentary coming out about it called The Inventor. So if people want to learn more about her, they can. I mean, it is interesting that she got away with so much for so long. Yeah. I, I wonder how much of it was true and was going along and then they realized their data. Like, at what point did they realize that their data was off and they started lying? I think that's the interesting thing. Because at some point, in the beginning, I'm sure she didn't say, hey, I'm going to screw everybody over. I'm sure she believed in it and thought she had something. And then at some point in time, they're like, oh, crap, this isn't. Right. So I'm well, curious about that. The reporter who helped break the story for the Post basically said, he was like, this isn't uncommon in Silicon Valley. People always have an idea. And so they and they just figure out how to do it. The problem is she couldn't figure out how to right, do it. Right. She was great at selling this idea that everyone wanted. And I think that's science. And I think that's a lot of scientific papers and scientific research. And um, that one of the problems I think with 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 drug discovery and and our whole process is is that it's such a long process of getting a drug from the initial idea to getting it actually tried on humans because there's so much testing and regulation it's good and it's bad it's great in that you know hopefully nothing dangerous is going to happen but it's bad in that there's so much regulation and cost involved with doing it that like you think there's a lot of drugs that should be in the market that are not maybe maybe i don't know and i think certain you know europe and other places are way ahead of us in terms of getting certain drugs and and whatnot out there before us because they're more lax in terms of regulation interesting i wonder if that's ever going to change nobody knows all right thanks for listening everyone send in your questions dr cohen's getting good at answering them am i yeah okay thanks for joining us at, at gross anatomy thank you thank you that's it for this week thanks for listening to gross anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine.